What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good morning, traders. We're going to go ahead and get into the recap year-end lookout. We're going to take a look at China. What news came out of China today? Bitfarms a little bit mentioned in there. We'll take a look at some of these Bitcoin stocks. MMA, ticker time. There's a lot to talk about out there. I even saw news on some oil, so definitely stick around, guys. we got a lot to talk about. Let's bring on Joel Alconin. What's going on, man? Good morning, Mitch, and uh, happy New Year's Eve day here. Uh, boy, let's get started because we got a lot to cover. Uh, no tangent Friday here. I'm not going to do any tangents the rest of the year. All right, uh, real quick, real quick, if there's anybody in my area, in the Boulder area, I just want to give a shout-out to you guys and definitely a, a prayer to anybody that's affected by the wildfires. No one likes to see a home burned down, less alone. Uh, many homes burned down, so especially starting the new year, hopefully those families can have many more blessings into 2022 than this kind of starts. So let's go ahead. Let's get into the markets, though. Let's talk. What happened out there, Joel? What did you see? Well, we had some follow through from that week close and uh, got as low as 47.50.50, but nice rebound right now near the area of yesterday's low. So we'll keep on that pre-market high, 47.76. Need that to get back anywhere near that old-time closing high of 82 and a quarter. And I don't have anything below that uh, that pre-market low of 50.50 until 47.30. Uh, crude, good year, bad day. Down a buck twenty nine at seventy five seventy. Uh, gold perking up here once again, challenging this eighteen twenty area. Can it actually bust through this time? Up six forty, eighteen twenty sixty. Silver up a dime at twenty three sixteen. Bitcoin give a try to end the year around fifty k up nine seventy five at forty eight one eighty five. And Ethereum. Up eighty dollars at three thousand seven hundred and ninety-five. Triple D another year comes to a yeah. close, and boy, oh boy, we we got the uh, call it the year of the rotation, and yeah, uh, you're exactly wow. right. The yeah. rotation was nothing short of incredible, and to cap it all off, yesterday that rotation was just awesome. I've never seen rotation like this, and you could almost feel it that they were buying the growth stocks so much that they were probably going to start selling those assets, those those uh, risk-adverse stocks that they've been hoarding into um, just to raise capital to go move it into the growth names. I mean, we saw Procter & Gamble getting hit yesterday. We saw XLP getting hit yesterday. And this was kick-started by th that list that we've been talking about. It's two days early. But the tax law sellers are done in Canada. They, I don't know other countries' tax structures. Some might be on settlement too. So some of the tax law selling was done. They came into that list yesterday right at the open, and they could not stop buying it. Stocks, you know, and we just go through it, and we, were, we, we, we gave the whole list a couple days ago, but everything that's in the ARKK was just getting bought hand over fist right from the opening tick. And in that first, like, 10 minutes, it was straight up, like almost algorithmic driven even. It was so uh, strong. Peloton, which was the only one that I had double start on mine, that went from 34.50 to 36 in a heartbeat right off the open. Continued to run up. It gets a downgrade today. I think that's a buying opportunity in the short yep. term, short term. Again, Let me go ahead and get that news term. right quick, Dennis. So yeah. uh, JP, uh, JMP here, security downgrade the stock to market perform from market outperform, uh, citing website visits Thanks. and page views. 
Thanks. So, so late for the party there. Um, again, I believe you're bullish. So, so people are asking me because we had such a good pop yesterday. A lot of those stocks on our list were five, seven percent. One people were asking me, did you get down and dirty in any? I got some of them. It was tough because if they went so fast, like literally yeah. 930. If you weren't buying the opening tick at 935, a lot of these stocks were up two, three percent. So you could see it. It was light on my filters like, oh, it's on. You know, I could feel it was on. So then I went looking for the laggards, and I'm looking for what hasn't gone yet. And I was able to pick up about seven or eight of the stocks on my list. And I have them all on for swing longs. I've sold none of them. So I think, you know, we're going to get a pullback here today. I think you're looking at that list as an opportunity to position yourself again for more of this January effect. Now, you know, it, it, anything can happen. I mean, maybe they come out and they just start hammering these stocks again. But again, you know, they're oversold. So we've been talking about this trade set up for a week now. It came two days early, but now they're giving you an opportunity where we've got some of them down here in the pre-market that I think you do strike. I think you do strike for swing trades, not for long-term investments. So stopping yourself out, maybe you're going to the lows of the move to stop yourself out. We always want to, you know, control our risk as best we can. Probably yesterday's lows is where I would stop out. Um, obviously, we still are not turned the, 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 the calendar clock here yet. So there could be a little bit of Johnny come lately tax loss selling. Uh, but I think I would be buying into that. So again, if you want to know the list, like hood was the number one, one of the number yep. one stocks on my list as well. I did not get that one. Uh, Peloton. I'm going to talk about the ones I don't like talk my book. So I'm going to talk about the ones I didn't get. So, but these are all the same thing. They're all moving together. They're all grouped together. Peloton is there. Alibaba. People are wondering what happened with China stocks yesterday. Wow. Well, we know what happened. They've been had the crap kicked out of them all year. There was going to be tax loss selling, holding them down. As that abates, there's going to be, you know, that maybe that lift coming in and maybe people trying to come back in and get in these stocks again. So, I mean, Baba, huge day for Baba. Baidu, huge day, huge day for Baidu. Look at that candle, Joe. Look at the perfect double bottom in Baidu. 35.85, 35.91, and then it ripped 15 bucks. It ripped 10% in a day. These are huge, huge, huge moves. So the Dash for Trash bell, the Dash for Trash was absolutely on. And it went on so much that about 20, 30 minutes into the day, they started hitting the consumer staples. They started hitting the utility stocks uh, to a certain extent. They even started at the end of the day starting to hit the yeah, mega caps. They started hitting Apple and Microsoft. Yep. Why? Because they were raising cash to put it in the trash. So in the trash stocks, in the rotation, I've never seen rotation like that. Like when is SPY? But SPY has actually become a defensive asset in this market because it's those five mega caps that have the lower valuations. Well, they were coming out of that and moving into that. And that could continue in the new year. So I'd be careful right now. Again, I own all these stocks in my long-term portfolio. I'm not saying go sell your Microsoft your long-term. I'm saying for trades right now, I'd be careful. And they actually set up from the short side here, you know, for the next week or two. I don't think it lasts. I don't think we're going to have this growth year where all these stocks and you know are going to explode hundreds of percents. And, you know, we're all going to be back to 2020 again. I think you're looking at a couple, uh, maybe a week or two phenomenon early January. That's my prediction. Not always going to be right, but that's what I'm predicting. Um, so I think you do want to be positioned in the next week, though, in those higher risk names. And, uh, you know, we're talking about like the overall market risk and, you know, with the spy and these, the, the concentration, these top five stocks, right? If they get hit a little bit at the beginning of the year, I think it's, you know, the growth, it bodes well for the growth trade. But sometimes the market turns and like, we just got to sell it. You know, you have one of those sell everything moments and then yeah. that's going to make it a you little bit that tougher. That's, that, that's the only fly in the ointment that, you know, that I could see. And, and the way that, and the way we're setting up, to, that was an ugly last hour. I mean, anybody that doesn't think that that's one of the worst hours, right? In at least in the last six, seven days here. This is and they the, did uh, start rolling over ARKK in that last hour too. It got a little so ugly bit. that they started hitting those too. I mean, it was a really ugly last hour. You're correct, Joel. You look at the SPY four seventy eight down to four seventy eight. Like I was like, what's going on? And then after hours, they hammered it more. I um, we yeah. did come back. We did bounce back. We've got most of those losses back. But, you know, the rotation, you've got to be following it because it's what matters. I mean, people you know, on CNBC are just, you know, two steps behind all the time. M multiple people coming on there and they're trying to put, you know, fundamental reasons why Alibaba rallied 10% yesterday. I mean, we've been talking on this show about the setup for this to happen 
and the Chinese names and all of them, the, the beaten down growth names. You know, Alibaba's right on the list here. Baidu's right on my list. You know, and all of these stocks were the ones that ripped. This isn't, you know, stuff that's, you know, technically based. Those were all in ugly, ugly charts. This is stuff you find out by reading seasonality trends, rotation. It's, it's stuff that people don't take the time to understand, and that's why it still works. You know, like you can look at a chart and say, oh, the chart looks pretty. Well, there's 6 million people looking at charts. You think you're getting a real edge that way? But people don't understand like the still seasonality effects, you know, the little things. They don't jump into it, stuff like that. They're not, you know, and even on CNBC, like they're still questioning, why was the Chinese stocks? And they'll find some fundamental reason to justify it. And the real reason is right there. They were the, they got the crap kicked out of them all year. The tax loss selling is slowing down and maybe stopping. And people are saying, hey, we've got that January effect maybe coming. So let's get ahead of it. And they started jumping in there yesterday. And uh, also, and I, you know, when I, I was, it kind of was like a buyer's strike, right? In these big stocks, like they weren't, like you know, here they are near all time highs, great year. So they're they're just peeling out. And in the morning, a couple times, we actually made a new all time high, you know, up in the area of those other two highs. And you know, there's a point where you know you can sell on strength, right? Much easier, you know, to get your offers lifted and then put more out there. And then they were patient and they were patient and then patient. And then in the last hour, boom, when, uh, you know, when it, it, it was so, it was like so begrudgingly, like it wanted to stay green. It wanted to stay green. And, wanted, and then there was the flush. So, you know, lack of buyers in these big caps and we'll they're overbought as much as the other stuff is oversold. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we focused on the beaten down names, but, you know, we maybe should have a list of stocks that are really overbought. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Procter & Gamble. Jeez. Like, come on. This stock ran from 145 to 165. This is a consumer staple. That's one of the biggest moves Procter & Gamble probably had in years, a 20-point rally like that. It's way overbought. People Procter are hiding there because they're like, oh, get killed in growth. I need to be in something safe. They're going to get killed in these things too. So, you know, your Coca-Cola hadn't even sell off yesterday. But you know what? If these growth names start to catch a bid in early 2021 or early 2022, they'll yeah, hammer Coke. They'll start hitting those stocks too. And a hammer is a relative term because a hammer for a utility stock or a staple, you know, is two, three, four percent. It's not going to hammer twenty percent. So you got to understand, you know, what stocks can move. But I think if you're hiding in all those names right now, I think you got the trade on backwards again. We do this all the time. You know, when I get convicted, I'm really convicted. And I feel like I'm right more than I'm wrong when I'm really convicted like this. And we've been talking about the, the potential for this. I've got an intruder, apparently. And, you know, so here we are, um, you know, with the setup. And the setup continues to, um, you know, wow, that's distracting. Okay, kids, dog. I got a dog in here that isn't even my dog. We're babysitting a dog. And <laughs> Anyways, so I, I lost my whole train of thought because I got kids and dogs attacking me in here. But bottom the dogs are barking. I sent the dogs barking. Well, the dogs are barking. I mean, the dogs of 2021 started barking yesterday. I think that barking continues. So, again, all the names that I bought yesterday, and I said, like I said, I got seven or eight, but I'll be looking to buy more on today's pullback. Those names, I think, continue to move in the first week here in 2022. Again, these are on for trades, but I think there's a potential. You know, you saw an 8, 10% squeeze yesterday. Potential that some of these things go up 20, 30% in a couple weeks. Some of them. And these are these are uh, the swing in, in in naked, right? You're not you're not laying off with um, hedging uh, it. Yeah, they're hard to hedge, Joel. I mean, I know. What are, are you gonna? So you hedge the growth. You can hedge it like with something else growthy, but then you're missing the trade. These are swings. So okay. Yeah. So so here's the bottom line. You guys want to know trading? My long term investment portfolio. I never hedge it unless we're going into a pandemic that was blatantly obvious. That was the only time, obviously, I took some portfolio insurance and bought some puts. But for the most part, I'm always net long. I move the cash position around a little bit. When I'm feeling a little bit more bearish, I raise up the cash. When I feel a little bit more bullish, I lower the cash. That's what I do in the long-term portfolio. My swing trading portfolio, I'll go either way. Right now, I'm sticking on growth. It's not hedged. My day trading portfolio is all, my overnight portfolio is always hedged. I'm always trading that market neutral, trying to extract alpha from little pricing market inefficiencies. So, you know, so that's a different story. We've talked about that stuff in the educational stuff. I don't talk my day trading portfolio much on this show. This show's focused more to swing trading and longer term investing. 
that when we do our educational segments, sometimes we focus on that stuff. That stuff is very consistent. You know, my short term, my day trading is very consistent, but I can't be becoming like we, we talk stocks on this. I don't even know what I'm going to be day trading. I day trade everything. So, you know, it's little setups. Some of it's technical based, 90% of it's relationship based. News, so, like news. yesterday, even you start seeing these growth names go, I start buying some of the growth names, start buy, picking up the laggards. It's news based too, Joel. If I think the alpha, you know, is extracted from the news being overshot which a lot of times it is, then I'll short the stock. I'm not afraid to short stocks. I short stocks all the time. If I look at my portfolio right now, I'm short about 35 stocks overnight. So, and those are all going to be covered today. I don't try not to talk about those on the show because I don't like it influencing. You know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those that talks my book. So I rarely, t- I'll talk my long-term investing books. I'm not doing that, but I will rarely talk when I'm day trading because it's not about that. You know, I'm not about, you know, oh yeah, here, let's pump up my book. No. I oh don't really? Do people do that? I didn't yeah. know people Too many. Too many. Too many. I think you they really should crack down people... on it. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Anyways, though, I swore there because I really hate that pumping stuff. You swore um, yesterday, too. Yeah, I know. We're getting loose lipped here. We should start cleaning it up for 2022. But let's, you know, bring it back right in here, Joel. So we set up for 2022. What we have set up right now, we still have growth names that are massively oversold. We have mega caps that are massively overbought. We have consumer staples that are overbought. If that trade reverses, and I think it will in the first week, um, you know, it it, it 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 sets up for some interesting trading. Yeah, it it certainly does. And uh, with the uh, you know with the with the technicals, I mean these these things are pretty much near their lows of the move. And yesterday, what we talked about uh, was like the, uh, when I was looking at the arc yesterday, it had the bump right off the uh, off the the low. And it pretty much, it came back into the like mid range. And I'm talking about this whole move here. So, and actually I looked at it on a couple different charts because you don't really want to risk down to the, you know, I mean, you can risk down to the low of the move. I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, but it, 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 look at the prior day's low. And what did we have here? Um, I'll it was, call it double it, bottom. Yeah. Pretty little close. Bit of, and look at this low Harry right here too. So, you know, set the trades up. You know, look at them, yeah. you know, technically, you know, get an area. It's always better if you get a retracement and it's near like a uh, a daily low or two daily lows or things like that to to be able to set up on. And then, uh, you know, I've looked at ARC. I mean, if this thing could clear a hundred bucks, and I mean, we've had, you know, a cup one high at a hundred and a couple just under that, then the, then the market structure changes from, just getting peppered on your bids. And I think that's what happened yesterday was the tax, you know, in that first half hour, Oh no tax loss sellers there. We got to get in no offers and you're buying the strength. And then, you know, they get whatever they decide to take their foot off the metal at, you know, 96, 96 and a half and ends up going over 98 and coming back. But we can drill down on the, uh, I think you're buying it. I think you're buying these right here on the pullback this morning. I think it's the opportunity, and I might be wrong, and maybe the tax loss selling just hammers it down to those lows. I do like that level. I think that's where you're stopping yourself out if this thing was to breach 92.78. We do have the risk of today. The risk of today is that there's Johnny come lately tax loss sellers coming in. So it's a little bit, we're a little bit early on this trade. We had to get in early, you know, yesterday morning. You had to start buying those layers because you saw the rip start happening. So, and I did, like, on some of these stocks, I've picked up 3 4 5%, and I'm still in them literally in one day. So, I, I don't, I think on a pullback here, I think there's going to be people looking to do exactly what I'm doing because it's a little more obvious now. So, I think you're going to see a pullback on some of these names this morning. I think you're striking and getting set up for that first week of January. Again, they might pull the rug out, rug out from under us, so I think you're right. I think I think if Art goes all the way down to 90, I think the trades you got problems in it. You don't you want you kind of want almost immediate gratification on some of these. It's not sit around and wait. We're not fundamental investors in these things because the fundamentals. Let's be honest on a lot of these high high valuation names are not you know good enough to justify where the prices still even are. So I don't want to own Peloton long term on fundamentals. Sorry, Joel, because you know I can see what's happening. But do I want to own it as a short-term trade when it just started ripping some shorts apart in the last day? I think so. So I think JMP Securities is exactly downgrading at the worst possible moment. Oh, my gosh. I think yeah. there's room to 40 here. So uh, I think yeah. there's room to 60, but I think there's room to 40. Stock's at 36. That's a 10% trade right there. 
I got an interesting question here. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about yesterday, what, what could have been the reason why yesterday was the day that they started buying into that? A little part of me was thinking, you know, some people, some traders just probably taking today off, um, it being the 31st and all. Um, some people just don't like to work New Year's Eve. Um, so they might have jumped already in and looking into the swing trade essentially from Thursday, not from Friday. And another thing that I'm looking at is last year, on the first day of January, we got a quick washout. Yeah, we did. That's, a, the, that's my only concern here is that the smart money wash it out to like, let's say hourly supports or a, a deeper time frame support and then pick it back up. That's the only thing I'm going to be a little bit concerned about going into early next week. If trading was easy, we'd all be millionaires. So there's going to be shakeouts. It's not going to be a straight up line like it was yesterday morning at 930. And let's be honest, it wasn't like I was buying at 930 on the opens. I just saw about a dozen of those names ripped three, four percent in the first five minutes, and I was like, I got to start finding the laggards, you know. So I started jumping in, and I was able to get, like I said, about I went through a list of fifty stocks to find seven or eight that hadn't moved yet. So I would have bought them all. I wouldn't. Don't kid yourself. If I if there was like three, four, and I was really convicted, I'd bought the whole list. Not joking. I'd buy fifty stocks, but I couldn't get that many because some were up four or five percent. I was like. I need a little. I don't want to chase up five percent. When stock went ran five percent in five minutes, I don't want to chase that. So I was looking for the ones that were only. I even tweeted out to my followers, you know, to say because we know, like I asked, like what growth names haven't gone up yet? Because I'm looking at my list, but <laughs> maybe you got something on your list. And a few people were throwing some tickers out there, but it, it it was tough. It was a tough trade to get on, and that's why I like it more because it wasn't easy to get on. So a lot of people don't have that trade on. They might even have it short. They might even have it the wrong way. That's why I like it even more here. Uh, one thing, and I, you know, I know you're, you know, with your your master execution skills, you know, ah. doing no, no, seriously, you know, working the bids and offers well, and stuff. Best. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you, I mean, you know, all the different exchanges. I mean, oh yeah. It, it, the only thing I, you know, I would say, and I, I know you don't, you don't like to do this, but sometimes you can catch things like on a stop. Right, like when I'm looking at Arc right here, like if you were like if you were looking at that, I know you get done with your opening, and you're like, man, I, I want to buy this thing at ninety four fifty. I mean, you basically, you know, unless you had a, you know, whatever, it had the pop in the first fifteen minutes and it came back to ninety four fifty. But what I'm just saying, if you want to, you know, it's if you're hard, you know, hard to catch it on the bid and offer. Sometimes, you know, some trades you can just get in. And run the, you know, get the stop in, and it, you know, some of those trades are boom, they're immediately in your favor. Whereas You're if you had to buy try... buy in on using a stop order, yeah, like to get long, yeah, Ooh. and that's an interesting strategy. I have used that before. There's nobody that uses that, you know, like who puts in a stop order that they don't even own the stock, you know, to get long. But I've actually done that. I before. do. Yeah, it's interesting. I nobody talks it. about that. That's I an use interesting for... strategy. I use it for adding share size, but not an original entry. You normally so you're, you're think willing stop to use is it. like a stop loss. Yeah. Well, you'd use it for an original entry. Oh, yeah. You're not worried about the you're not worried about the fill? Uh well, you know, I'm I'm talking I'm not too worried about it because if okay. I'm holding I mean, it for you know longer, you have way more experience than I tell than you if you're you trying probably. to do something in uh um in the in the uh, e minis, I mean, sometimes you just have to be like if if I have a juicy level and I just don't want you know if you know three tops or something in the same area and I want to be long, boom, yeah. And then it's also the kind of trades where and it depends what you're looking at, whether you're trying to get in long term or short term. But sometimes on those trades, you know, you get instant gratification. If you don't, then like yesterday, I'll just give you an example. Um, you know, forty eight hundred. In the S&P, psychological level, right? Right. And then you figure a bunch of stops there and everything. When I, I, I tried to short it in the morning, I had a stop, but above there to go long. Because I figured if it finally, you know, if it got through, I wanted to reverse. As it turned out, it turned to be, it's just different ways to get into the market. And, um, you know, using buy stops and sell stops. I mean, you can use, if, you, if you're getting in and it's a thin stock, you might want to do a limit. Right, uh, a stop limit, but um, 
Yeah, yeah, someone just mentioned there. There are a lot of different ways to skin a cat in this market. And there's discretion, there's conditional orders, there's yep. a lot of different order types to get in on that, to get in on the momentum. The one thing <laughs> is that order is a chase order, there's no doubt. Like, I mean, when you're putting a buy stop and you're getting it up there, you're basically chasing a move usually. Yes. And then and so you're considering that the chase is gonna continue. Would have worked very well yesterday. In a lot of cases, I don't like to chase, so it kind of goes opposite to my core strategies. But sometimes you gotta break the rules when you know how to break the rules. And I mean that's you know something that you know maybe we should teach sometime too, because there is a time when rules should be broken. I mean, when we're in this crazy choppy market like this oscillating and you're using stops and protecting yourself. Oh. You're getting chopped up and losing money like crazy. So, I mean, there is a time and a place for everything. And in some cases, it's like, wow, you can't be stopping yourself out every trade on that for 1% because you're going to lose on 90% of those trades. So, you know, there's a time and a place, obviously, for, you know, when you're actually not using, you know, risk per order protection. But it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, but that's an interesting entry point, Joel. And I don't think we've ever made that point about entering using a stop. And I I just want to say one other caveat to that. Um, In, in the first half hour, 45 minutes, you know, something like that, or in the last hour when there's liquidity, but like in the middle of the day and it's just there bouncing you around, I'm, I, you know, I'll be like, okay, you know, whatever. Cause I, a lot of times intraday, the first half hour, you know, the last, First half hour, hour, the last hour, those those strategies kind of work. It's just kind of things, unless you just have like, uh, you know, uh, a level of levels and you just don't want to miss it. You know, maybe you can leave it out there intraday. But I'm talking primarily the uh, first hour. We're kind of, we took a hit this morning uh, and overnight, but it's interesting. We're just, we're very quiet here. Uh, right, at, right at yesterday's low. We also had... Tuesdays and Wednesdays low right in this area. So I think it, looking for like the overall market, I mean, I think the early on, like off this open, I mean, we got we to gotta get green. We got to get this thing green. We got to take out the pre-market high. But also, I just think you're going to, you know, I don't know if you're going to see the same kind of sell-off that you had in the last hour yesterday. Uh, but, you know, important area right here for the market, especially, you know, being 17 handles off the low. Uh, we'll see if we can get out of the box real quick. All right, traders, let's go ahead and let's do a little bit of a year-end outlook right here. Entering Friday's session, the S&P was up 27.2% year-to-date. Let's go ahead and talk about some other things that were mentioned also. So energy and real estate has been the best-performing sectors of the S&P 500 this year. Tech and financials were also up more than 30%. Uh, Those energy and real estate were up over 40%. Um, the 30 stock Dow was up 18.9%. Home Depot and Microsoft have led the Dow gains, rising more than 50% each of those. They're hiding in there. So, you know, it's what we've been talking about. Like, and again, in the early January, if we're just talking pure seasonality effects, trades often reverse from the previous year. It may not continue for the entire year. But in that first week, it often happens that the trades reverse. So money is hiding in Microsofts and Apples and, you know, obviously this SPY. And money has been basically just hammered in every other of those growth names. So that, that's just going right back into the same conversation that, hey, maybe these trades might reverse here in the first week. And maybe it's not that great of an idea to have a Microsoft swing long on right now. I'll tell you one that you got to be careful of. Uh, I, I don't really consider this part of the growth stocks, more of the reopening stocks, but put out today, well, yesterday, uh, the CDC pretty much saying to avoid cruise travel regardless of vaccination status. I can't believe they actually said that. Personally, I think that the if I was a cruise stock, I would be taking them to court today, but let's go ahead and let's take a look at what is going on out there. They didn't say it about the airlines. That's my personal opinion is that I would have personally said cruises or air, both of them. I would. Yeah. I mean, with the airlines, airlines, you're kind of a plane is smaller than a cruise, right? And a cruise has open air that flows through it. But I mean, Hmm. you guys, I guess you guys are the scientists. They can let us know. <laughs> no, I'm not this. These have been these have been tough trades. I mean, the CCL. I mean, it's backing off a little bit. I don't know. I should talk cruise lines because I didn't like cruises before the pandemic. So I don't know. 
I mean, these things are, they had their, their runs off the lows are, you know, off the March, 2020 lows. They got back to your January 20 levels and now they've just pulled back. It's uh, you know, attempting buy. I just don't know what, like the reopening trade, we just, it just hasn't the reopening versus the Well, the stay at home has actually gotten clobbered, but the money hasn't, that hasn't flown into the, um, uh, into the uh, the reopening trades, it's kind of been dead money. Uh, I think you're going to see a reopening trade coming here. I do, you know, and I'm trying to be the scientist on this. As a trader, it's your job to interpret the news to a certain extent. So, you know, we play scientists sometimes too here just to try to get ahead of well, the trade. I, I wouldn't say you play scientists. You play forward-looking a little bit. Forward-looking scientists, like trying to see that. <laughs> I've been saying... I don't think it's very deadly. I don't think we're locking down. I think we're going to top, if we follow the South Africa, and this is what the experts are saying too, I, I listen to this stuff just to try to get the trades off of it as well. Um, I think we're going to top out in cases in the next week or two and we're going to start to see cases decline. And when you start seeing cases start to decline, that's when the strike on reopening. So I think it's coming. I think there's going to be an opportunity to buy your cruise lines and to buy your airlines. And I think it's coming sooner than later. So, I'm a little biased since I bought a cruise already. What'd you buy? <laughs> oh, you bought an actual cruise? I have a Royal Caribbean. Stock? I have a Royal Caribbean cruise, an actual cruise already bought. There you go. When are you going? <laughs> I'm going in May. Nice. Get out. Where are you there. going? Uh, Honduras, Mexico, um, and uh, the Bahamas also. So, hey, can't go wrong. Have a great time when you get out there. And, you know, I think there's going to be people that are going to be going along with Mitch here. I do believe you are going to see people going back on cruises and doing stuff again, especially if we get that window between, you know, this variant and the next variant. The wild card is there may be a, probably another variant coming and maybe it's going to be more deadly and it's going to shut them down. That's why I don't know if I want to own that stuff long term, but I think you're going to see this reopening pop. You know, maybe, maybe even in, maybe sooner than later. As soon as you start seeing the cases start ticking down, that's when the strike on the reopening. The cases are still exploding here. You know, Ontario set a new record yesterday, fourteen thousand cases or something. You know, in the peak of the pandemic last year, we were like at six thousand. So we are like cases everywhere. You know, I got invited. You know, I, just, well, I won't even tell us, but I'm just saying, I have so many. I have a, three more friends yesterday reaching out all of COVID. So, and but nobody's sick. Like no, like sniffles. You know, like not very sick. So I think once we get through this wave, I think in the next week or two, you're going to start seeing cases tick down. That's when you want to strike on the cruise lines, the casinos, the airlines, you know, even some of the retail, the big bar, like even restaurants. Look, think about that. So I think I think we might be a little early if we're buying them today. But I think it's coming sooner than later, that reopening trade. Let's look at uh, what was the one I wanted to look at. Uh, I usually like to look at Delta because that's the one that uh, well, that that's looking okay. I mean, you know, it had to move off the low forty bucks. That that one's yeah. They're I break mean, they out to forty. Yeah, yeah. Could get interesting again. Maybe there's. Uh, no, I'm thinking more like American Airlines has been hammered a little bit harder. Let's see. So NCLH, which is down again today, I think I'd be a buyer. I think I'd be a buyer on CLH here. You got a little pullback. We got all excited, 23.38. We pulled back 10, 15% from the high five days ago. I, I do think. I think you're going to be – I think I'd be a buyer of NCLH. I don't Look know. Out. I'm putting it on my list. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at a lot of these, and then I'm looking at the monthlies, and they just – they never came back to uh, that, those January levels of 20. I mean, it got near it. American Airlines, when, you know, got back over 25 I mean, they're all just, I'm looking at the bottom right chart there. Uh, actually, Delta did. When Delta got over 50, wow, 50 was a high in January of 20. Got over there a couple times. But uh, interesting with all these. I haven't looked at UAL in a while. Uh, how did that do? Boom, look at that. January of 20 highs and pull back. But uh, do we got Mr. Hirsch there in the background? I think Mute. so much is working on it. Mitch, Mitch never mutes himself. Yeah, sorry. It's just two days in a row. No, no topics. Doesn't do that. There's a lot of change, production changes here. Uh, well, yeah, just waiting for Jeffrey here to turn on his camera. Okay. Uh, he should be having it on in two seconds. There you are, Jeff. If you want, give me a thumbs up, letting us know you're ready. 
There you go. He's ready. Let's go ahead. Let's bring him on in here. This is Jeffrey Hirsch, Chief Market Strategist at Probabilities Fund Management, Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Trader Almanac. How we doing, sir? We're doing good. Having a nice, relaxing week. What do you think about week? this market? Um, you know, it's uh, it's looking pretty pretty strong this year. We had a nice uh, a nice year, but um, I'm concerned about next year. You know, it's they uh, front run your Santa Claus rally. They kind of front ran the Santa Claus rally, Jeff. Well, the point <laughs> we're five percent going into those last five days of the year. They they may have, but that that's not the point of the Santa Claus rally. The point of the Santa Claus rally is whether it shows up or not. And if it doesn't show up, that's when it's really important. So it's starting to get me concerned. You know, this is a time of year when, you know, stocks are usually moving slightly higher. It's not super strong trading period, but when it's not, it's a bad sign. It's one of our first indicators. So everyone's all hyped up on, oh, let's make money and trade the Santa Claus rally. No, let's see if it comes in positive or not. And that's, that's the important thing. Does it just have to be positive? Like, okay, so I know you, you say Santa Claus, or I can dictate to, to looking towards where we're going the next year. Do we just have to be green, or is there a specific percentage we have to be up? Yeah, well, yeah. What, what's what's the parameters here to, like, make you not nervous? I think we lost Jeff. He froze up there for a second. Oh, no, just going to get to the good stuff. Yes, we got you. you. He came back. We got him. Still got me? Yep. So I was just asking, Uh-oh. what's the parameters? How much do we have to be up for the Santa Claus rally for you to not be concerned going into next year? Just green, as you were saying. It's just green. Just a, it's just a pass fail. So, Where are we right now? Are you tracking it right now? Because we had the good Monday, and then we've gone nowhere for three days. Up one of your pull up your S and P chart. You can... <laughs> I thought you might have it right there. <laughs> Wherever the close was on the uh, on. Well, it's it's, it's like we're we're, we're struggling. Use, it seems like a, I might have a connection issue here. Yeah, yeah. That that that's why I'm not going to go looking around for other stuff. So, um, it, it's it's positive, but you know, it's definitely um on notice again. But it's it doesn't matter where it is today, yesterday, Monday. It matters where it is on the fourth, on the second trading day of of uh, 2022, because. You know, lots of things can happen over any given day. Yeah. Uh, even, wait, over, wait. even over a week. I mean, 30 more. What we call the January indicator trifecta. So we'll hold, we'll reserve, uh, you know, our right to uh, augment our analysis and our outlook until the end of the month. But um, we're already, go- <clears throat> excuse me, we're already coming into, um, you know, a midterm year that has historically, um, you know, choppy. Uh, you probably a you know first quarter, first third top type of type of uh, chart. I mean, I'd go pull a chart up, but every time I go to pull something up, it seems to to drag down a little bandwidth here. My connection may be. Uh, what about what would you say to someone who says that Santa Claus has been here the whole year? I mean, you know, it's not Santa Claus. We rallied the whole year. Yeah, it's been a bull market all year long. Like what? Why? Yeah, why does it? Has nothing to do you know, with Santa Claus. Has zero to I, do with Santa Claus. I think this was a this was a gift year, and with the market being up 27 percent, well, for the right. S&P, not for the individual stocks. So, um, how many so years have, in a row you see go like that? How often do you see years and years, like three years in a row, you get those kind of numbers? You don't. That's why we're we're considering, you know, we're looking for more of a reversion to the mean. You know, what happens if we get six, seven, eight, nine percent in the S and P? Everyone's going to be upset. That's a normal year. That's probably what we're looking at with, uh, you know, a worst six months type of correction somewhere in that May to October period as the midterm, you know, battling, uh, which is already starting to heat up, takes a toll on the market. You know, you've got the president with a lower approval rating. Um, you got the Fed tightening uh, or at least uh, easing. Um, they'll probably ease a lot more, but I'm not sure if they keep all uh, you know, hey, up and arms about what's going on with the economy and the world and, and jobs and that sort of stuff. But yeah. I don't want to I don't want to interrupt you here, but just so we could hear you a little bit better since the internet's coming in and out, can you do me a favor? Can you just stop cam down at the bottom there? And that way it won't it won't take up so much data trying to share your camera and we could just kind of listen in on you. 
There you go. Perfect. We should have you now good on audio. So, and that way we can just I'm listen. Cutting out. I'm sorry. No, we're good. We're good. We're good now. Uh, talk about that, that, that way the market performs. We are coming up to a midterm election should be some very highly contested, uh, you know, for the Senate um, and also for the House. Talk about the market's performance in midterm elections. Jeff, did we got you? Did we lose you? The seats in the House and and Senate. Am I still not coming in so strong? Yeah, you're coming in and out. But go ahead. Just start over from the question that Joe just asked you. All right. Um, The president generally, president's party generally lose seats in the House and the Senate. We got razor thin margins here. He's shaking his head. That means no, right? We hear you. Oh, I see Joel shaking his head. No, we hear you. Think it's uh, that he can't hear me. So, all right, Jeff. Looks like we're just having too many issues today. Hey, so let's just let's probably wrap up the year with this. Can you hear me, Jeff? All right, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull you down. Hear you. I'm losing you, hear me? you in and out here. So I'm gonna go ahead and pull you down, Jeff. Looks like we'll have to have you back on in 2022. Maybe one of these first two days of the year. Uh, since we're having a little bit of internet connection problems. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll, we'll move on here, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, let's transition in here. Let's go towards the China news that came out today. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and let's cover that. Um, so today, China released uh, news pretty much that they're going to cut its subsidies on new energy vehicles, such as electric cars, by 30% next year, uh, the finance ministry said on Friday. Um, So with this being said, uh, kind of companies that can come into worry about this, right? So you got to look at Volkswagen, General Motors, Toyota, Tesla, all have been ramping up electric uh, vehicle production in China probably with the mentality that these subsidies would be in place. So definitely keep these stocks on watch today. Uh, It could have some effect on their production. Right now in the pre-market, they seem to not be caring about it. It seems to be a nothing bird because Tesla's actually trading in the green and spies red. So, I mean, you got an actual, you know, adverse, you know, going on there. So I I think the market is thinking, I think longer term, there could be an issue here, Mitch. I'm glad you bring up this issue. I think short term, the traders just aren't even looking at it. Um, so obviously Tesla's trading higher here. You know, let's talk Tesla though, because Tesla's kind of caught in the middle. It's an interesting stock to talk about because it's got the growth components. It's got the nosebleed valuation. You're like, why is that holding up? But what it has in its back pocket, you know, it's Trump card is it's got the huge S and P weighting and it's a big chunk of the S and P and that makes the R's, put it into the mix with the Apples and the Amazons and the Microsofts and the Googles and the Facebooks, even despite its nosebleed valuation. They have so to buy it. They it, have to. Yep. It moves more with to buy, buy it. than it does with the nosebleed valuation stock. So if it wasn't in the S&P, it would have got hammered this year. I bet you just as much yep. as some of these other um, ARKK names, but because it's such a big component in the S&P, the Arabs hold it up. Like I know our traders that do a lot of S&P Arab, they don't care about them. They're buying that thing. I'm like, oh, Tesla's down. I got to buy it because the spy is moving higher. So exactly. that's the way it works. And that's big money moving. That isn't some, you know, that's big money moving in. The ARBs are the big money. Your big money moving every day is all arbitrage. Yep. And S&P is big. Or, uh, Tesla's such a big component of the S&P. It gets held up artificially just because it's such a big weighting. It's going to take, so it moves with, it's more correlated, my bottom line, it's more correlated with SPY than it is with high nosebleed valuation stocks. So spy matters more to Tesla than anything. Yeah, just from a technical standpoint here, uh, we did take you know half back. That was a big break. We filled the gap from November. Uh, and it's just hanging out here. Uh, double top, 11.17, 11.19. I think what you should keep an eye on for the next couple days. Obviously, you know, where the spoos go, you know, it's going to be a big determinant. But I'm just going to be, besides that double top, because that's a ways away from now, they never got a close over 1100 The best close you could get on this was 1093 uh, 94 And that was, uh, I believe that was on Monday. 
That turned out to be a good level in Friday, uh, Thursday session. The high was 95.55. So, you know, not 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 the double top and not 1,100. I think your Tesla traders should be focused on 10.93.94. Uh, that was the high close of the rebound. And looked like it was going to break down yesterday, but just somehow this thing always seems to have, you know, you know, took out, uh, you know, the previous day's low, but closes above it. So that's what I'm looking at. Longer term, Tesla have a small position. I've uh, been holding for a while. Don't plan on doing anything with it. Gold's popping here. Yeah, uh, above a, yeah. What's going on with that little little uh, little thin gold trade? Took out the stops at eighteen twenty. Now we got a big red bar to deal with here in gold. So. It's like, it's like correlated to nothing. <laughs> like, it used to be like the place to hide, but now they don't hide in gold. And gold just and silver just like do their own thing. So I shouldn't say it's correlated to nothing. It's correlated to silver. But the gold and silver is like you used to think, oh, the market sent off, gold's going up. It kind of did that yesterday. But overall, it's just kind of doing its own dance there. And it's like, you know, I used to naturally, when the market would sell off, I'd go and buy gold, you know, even my short-term trading account. I don't never do that anymore because sometimes the market goes down and gold goes down too. So it just kind of does its own dance. But, you know, we can t- trade anything technically, Joel. Break right. down technicals on GLD. Uh, I'll go. Well, I was looking at the futures, but uh, I'll go with this, you know, kind of the same thing here. Uh, you, this, see, this was a gap down because of the futures, right? That that came in. So I, I like, actually, I just like to look at the gold chart because I, I look at it more. And you got to work into this bar. I mean, you had three really bad days, right? This was back in November. So I'm just not going to rip up through these days. I mean, now the next, you know, the next target on the upside would be 1853. But I don't know. Uh, Also, the other thing with gold, too, is you just got to be in it to win it. You know, it's like you come in one morning and it's going to, you know, it'll be up $25, you know, and then it keeps on going. Or it comes in and has the big moves overnight. But just right now, whether you're trading GLD or uh, you know, the gold futures, yeah, we're we're clearing this resistance at 1820. Let's see if we can sustain a close there. Then we, we got some work to do. I mean, I just don't think we're gonna rip right back up to the through those bars. But uh silver, and I also noticed that silver they don't always go the same way either. Silver and gold. Sometimes, you know, they used to always be highly correlated. Uh silver, I think you got a little bit more room on this one up to twenty-three fifty. Uh, if it's going to follow the gold trade, it hit twenty three fifty earlier in the week. Yeah, uh, the only gold I watch is Gold Rush, and that's on Discovery. So uh, I don't think I'll be trading the stock today. Is that a good we'll show? See. Oh, it's a great one, Joel. If you haven't seen that, uh, that's my favorite one. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's transition in here. One thing to mention, though, um, about that China news, the ministry had said in April 2020 that it would cut from 2020 to 2022 by 10, then 20, then 30. That's why this is a little bit different. They're going straight after their high number there of 30 percent for next year. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at Pfizer Pfizer, British regulators uh, have approved the use of Paxlovid. Um, I don't know if I said that right, but uh, maybe Joe can correct me. If, if, no, if I'm not. I'm wrong. not the. I'm not the, the drug. The director. drug maker COVID nineteen antiviral pill for people over eighteen with mild to moderate illness. So Pfizer getting an approval from British regulators today on Paxlovid, the drug maker's antiviral pill. It's just run too far. I mean, Pfizer has had one of the most incredible runs it can have going to an October from $41 to getting over $62. A 50% move for Pfizer oh. in two months is like, yeah, it's unbelievable move for Pfizer. Pfizer is a stock that moves 50% in five years, not in two months. So if you're chasing Pfizer now, you're way late to the party. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm long Pfizer, full disclosure on the long-term account. I don't Same intend here. to sell it. Because it's still cheap and, you know, I'm still in for the value play. I've had Pfizer in my portfolio for 15 years. I'm not getting rid of it just because it's overbought. But if you're coming in now, I think you're way late. Uh, interesting setup. You got uh, you got uh, your two-day low at 57. I see another low at that area, 5708, 5707, double bottom, triple bottom if you want to include that 5716. 
uh, from the 21st. So if you're protecting profits there, uh, that's a good area. On the upside, uh, we nearly got to 62, 61.71. Uh, so that, that's just about a, a five-point move, two-and-a-half to 59-and-a-half area. Uh, that's what that's what Pfizer is going to have to take out, and you actually have two low two highs that area nine thirty eight and nine forty five. Maybe the papers stacking up at nine fifty. So that's what I'm looking for. Breakdown below fifty seven. More on the downside. You can clear fifty nine and a half. The pair of highs probably paper reloads at sixty on this one as well because after you made that high. You had a 60.08 high, but uh, I didn't pick this up that long ago. But I think I picked it up uh, on the four in uh, in the lower 40s because I was just looking at this breakout You're perfect here. Perfect timing. Yeah, <laughs> I said that just, for years. It, you get out and you make the trade that fast, Joel. Perfect timing. Well, buddy. it just it looked at I looked at the monthlies and I'm like, man, this you know, and I I tend to buy the the dog sometimes, and I, I think Le- I think Lisa was also uh, trying to make up for her Peloton. Uh, trade. I think she liked this one too. But uh, interesting year for, I mean, best year. I, and, but it's been a dog for how long, right? I mean, look at all long the years time. on the monthlies and the trading range and, and everything. So we'll see. It's getting a little volatile now, though, uh, now that it's a $60 stock. All right. Let's go into some Bitcoin stocks here. Let's talk sure. a little bit about Bitfarm. Bitfarm coming out with a catalyst today. Uh, Bitfarm secured a hundred million credit facility. And these are kind of comments from the CFO here. Bitcoin mining is highly capital intensive industry. We streak Uh, We seek to strike a balance between maximizing financing flexibility and minimizing our overall cost of capital. Um, Our our new 100 million BTC credit facility adds another component of our diversified financial strategy and contributes significant non-dilutive capital to fund our global growth initiatives, um, which includes four farms with 298 megawatts mining Cap, uh, capacity under construction. So BitFarms uh, catching a little bit of a push there today, but also the other Bitcoin stocks that could just be trading with the growth stocks. So I'm keeping definitely these on my radar today. They, they could. Some of them are beat up, so you could see a little relief pop uh, in early January. They don't set up quite as well because Bitcoin really isn't down on the year. So I don't see it as like, you know, a, a, as much of a January effect as some of the other names that we've talked about. Um, my blockchain, my, uh, my uh, Bitcoin, uh, mining play is Hive blockchain, H-I-V-E, um, mm-hmm. because of Frank Holmes, and I, he comes on our show. The guy is so smart. Oh, it's back um, down. We, we know, and we know him. I'm investing H-I-V-E just because I believe Frank is smart. So I don't even, you know, look at it. I've, I've, I did sell someone when it just got stupid, but I actually should probably rebuy the shares that I sold. Um, it actually has got a lot of support here. H-I-V-E around two fifty. You know what? It's uh, I think with um, with Bitcoin, and I kind of said this like when the, when the futures came online, and now with these these old ETFs and that are trading it now. I mean, it just kind of feel like it's it's like the arbs are you know. There's more ways to arb it, right? And coming in, and I think I think that's kind of reduced some of the. You know, when one thing gets too out of whack, that you know they come in and they buy the other. So, I'm looking at the, the Bitcoin chart, and you know it had the big run up, it's had the consolidation. I mean, as long as this thing stays above forty five five, I you know you got to stay in the bullish camp. But uh, when did those ETFs come on? Uh, they're like three or four came on right at the same time, and that was when the thing was at like sixty sixty five k. So. I don't know. I think the Arabs are kind of keeping a a, a quiet. C I T Q. Yeah. R M. Thanks. You know that's a good. You know. Yeah. If you want to just trade it, you don't want to trade. It's so funny. Like Bitcoin was hot, and we were all worried about inflation, and now we don't talk about inflation. I mean, it's it's funny how the. How that you know from how the Joe? I'm shift. still very concerned about inflation going we into are, next year. Are. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's not going away. That's that's just more along. It's just uh, a, a dead bird. <laughs> you're just you're just beating something that everyone sees. I don't think inflation is going away anytime soon. I don't. Think I'm still so talking about as much as we're talking about it. You know. Yeah, it has it has shows. gone out of the headlines. But yes. that, that definitely we have seen. Uh, let's go to here mentioned in the chat. Um, interesting. Is Penn a buy here for the kind of the growth effect? Um, and mentioned in the chat, I give you the shout out to um, maybe a Super Bowl effect. I think I think um, this is 
I got the reopening. I think this has got the beaten down growth names. I'm long pen, full disclosure. We know that. Um, I, I, I've been beat up on it. I think it sets up okay. Uh, Joel gives the level that I'd probably give myself. I've been looking at that 52 for a very long time. 52? Okay. And then yesterday we get through it by 8 cents and then pull back. That's the level I'm looking for today, that 52 takeout. 52 takeout. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm been a little higher on this one, and it's just because there were more highs at that area. And so for me – 53. I see the 52. What do we get to 5208 yesterday? And I do see another 5201 high 5220. So you do have, you do have three highs in that area, but you know, I see four or five highs right around 53. So, but good day yesterday traded down 30 cents. Uh, you also have, uh, you know, three lows in the 48 handle. So if you're sticking it out here, you know, taking a shot at, uh, at 51 risking below 48. You know, boom, you get above 53, I think things open up the inside. As far as, like, the Super Bowl, I mean, those are, like, those are um, they're one-time things, right? And then the actual betting and the earnings from that, you know, whatever the company makes, that's not going to be reflected until, what, it will be taking place in uh, Q1, right? So you're not going to get they those run results those stocks for a while. Well, those events, they, do, they, do a, they do the run. In okay, so let's talk Penn, DKNG, throw it all, and, and full disclosure, I got both of those now. Um, <laughs> DKNG, I, I, I think these are your reopening. I think they're beaten down. I think they set up well. If we start to look past, if, if we actually start seeing the cases tick down, these stocks could move. So I don't mind owning them here. I think they're both ugly. They're both beat up. But on DKNG and full disclosure, you know, 2580, um, you know, you got the double bottom from yesterday. This was one of the laggards that I did pick up. And I, so I've got it on for a swing. So I got Penn on long term. I got DKNG on for a swing. Um, leaning on the low of the move, saying I think we get a re- relief pop in early 2022. Uh, 30, just because it's just a nice, you know, a nice round number. No exact highs there, but kind of look at that. Uh, you know, would make kind of turn the uh, – but for the month, man, look at this. I mean – from October, it closed at forty six fifty nine. Then you lost another eight sticks in November, thirty four fifty five, and then who knows where we're going to end up today? But you know, if it closes in this area, it's going to be down another another six dollars. So maybe maybe get a maybe this one hang out in January, get a get a green candle going your way, and maybe this one will take. But I know you're looking for the again, immediate effect. Again, immediate. technicals here are ugly. I'm going to fully be on with you. You know, you're below every moving average. J.C. Perez <laughs> would not even touch us with a, you know. But I, I do touch this stuff. I use technicals as one thing. But my main thing is, you know, looking at relationships and seasonality effects and different things like that. I've seen this game played out before, so probably – I'm just playing the probabilities. The probability says this stock got the crap kicked out of it all year. We've got, you know, for DKNG, sports are kind of in a mess right now. You know, we obviously had some, you know, obviously a lot of NHL games canceled, work juniors canceled. You got basketball, you got football, you, you know, you've gotten issues there. But I think we're going to get past this. I, think I do too. We're already looking past it. I, I do don't too. think Omicron is the zombie apocalypse. I don't even think it's killing very many people. So that makes me want to own a stock like this because this, this has been held down not only by tax law selling, but because some sporting events have been shutting down. They're like, well, you pretty bad to be owning a stock that's betting on sports if you have no sports. <laughs> and there was people, don't kid yourself, concerned that we were going to shut all that down. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's all going to come back online. I think, we're, And then I think people are going to be like rah, rah, and getting right back into it. And so it's a bit of a reopening trade too. So I actually I like DKNG and Penn a lot here. Talking, oh yeah, they still, they still do. I don't they're like still, doing that, but I am. They still got their man. They're still doing their promotions, man. I mean, it's so easy to pick one team to win. Bet fifty dollars, you you can win a thousand. So let's I, just say I uh, got close to a thousand dollars in uh, sports free betting. Money? Free money. Close the account. <laughs> Free money, baby. Good job. How do you get all this free money? What do you do to get Dude, the free I money? Oh, geez. Sign up, Dennis. Let's sign, yeah, up. sign up. You get free money. Let's yeah. Yeah. Promo they, money. They give you the awesome. Play. 
I like to have fun on the weekends. I'm going to put a bow, you know, on this year, and I'm going to hop over to pre-market prep. Missed a lot of lot of issues here uh, to talk about. I like to really, really, we got to get green early this morning, Uh, and that's 72 and a quarter in the S and P's. We get green, we take out that pre-market high, then we can rah rah rally into the year. Uh, You know, and I don't know if this is going to apply to your individual stocks and whatnot, but uh, that's that's my setup. We take out that pre-market low and. uh, there's not much down there, folks. So keep an eye on the pre-market low, forty-seven fifty fifty. Uh, Mitch, great job. Dennis, great job. Um, I'll check in with you guys later on. Have a good day. Thank you, Joe. Wish you luck. Wish you luck, my friend. Happy oh, yeah. New Year to everyone. I'm going to go to Happy New Year to everyone. We've been talking this setup for a while there, so you guys kind of know how I'm thinking for tw- early 2022. We'll see mm-hmm. what materializes. Maybe I'll be dead wrong. I hope I'm right. Hey, well, uh, a lot of happy New Year's out there from the chat. A lot of love mentioning a lot of education for the whole year. So I definitely wanted to give you that shout out, Dennis. Uh, They definitely appreciate all the work that you put in. I know you don't have to join us here every single morning. You do good enough on your own to not be here. So I like talking stocks. Hey, we appreciate it. I I like it too. And I love the chat. You know what? I get good ideas from the chat as well. You guys are great all year. Everybody, you know, obviously my Twitter followers as well. I get great ideas from all everyone there. So thank you so much. And we, hopefully we can do it again in 2022. Yep. Much love out there. Thank you, Dennis. And have a great one and many blessings for 2022, my friend. All right, guys, for you guys out there, I wish you guys the same many blessings in the next year. Uh, we're going to go ahead up and wrap up today's content. Uh, no live trading today. No Benzinga live or at the close. We're going to go ahead and spend some time with our families. I hope you guys do the same. Smash that thumbs on up. We'll be back on Monday, like always, and getting after it into the new year, looking at what's going to be moving, what's not. Did we get the Santa Claus rally, where the growth stocks are? Is China still kind of hit in these EVs? We'll pay attention to these stocks. I wish you guys the best into the next year, and I hope that you guys had a great 2021. That's going to do it for us here at Benzinga and have a great one guys till the next time. And I'll see you in 2022.